Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today we're going to be talking about the family bank. And uh, I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure that uh, Tim's got a great explanation for us. Good morning, I Tim. How so. are you? <laughs> um, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope to have a good explanation. Thank yeah. you. So the, the title of this podcast is The Family Bank. What does that mean? I think as I've discussed in previous podcasts, we focus on helping entrepreneur business owners as they prepare for their exit, for their transition. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when they do, making sure that, you know, the wealth is there to protect them and their family, their favorite charities. But also, we focus a lot of time and energy on preparing uh, the heirs, the next generation, whether that's their children, um, grandchildren, charities to receive the wealth. And one of the tools that we use to prepare the next generation is what we call a family bank. Okay. Um, well, we don't just call it that, but that's it's a concept that we've a lot of planners do, but we focus a lot of energy on it. All right. So do you want to give us a, a brief description of kind of what led up to this podcast so that those that are just joining us can kind of understand where we came from? Sure. I think what I have found in working with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, but also I think it's confirmed with a lot of the research that I read is that the cause of failure for generational wealth transfers oftentimes is uh, lack of education and training, you know, for the heirs who are going to receive the wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times it's, you know, problems with family dynam dynamics caused by just, you know, lack of transparency or poor communication between generations. Yeah. Um, and then really that causes or that creates what I would call like a lack of appreciation for the wealth, you know, for, so they're receiving cash, they're receiving money, but they don't often have that history or, you know, the legacy or, you know, where did the money come from? How hard did people work to get it? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's really what we're trying to address with, you know, one solution, I guess, to address it is the creation of this family bank and the clients that I've worked with that have set these up. Um, oftentimes they've, they've got multiple or different goals because every client's a little different, but they might want to maybe, uh, encourage entrepreneurship, you know, so create this, uh, vehicle that, uh, that encourages that through funding different business ventures. Or sometimes, you know, we talked at the Latin last podcast about an education or lifelong learning program. Sometimes they want to create these banks in order to affect that. So there's all, all different needs or different goals. What it's trying to address is really business owners who tell us that they they just want their children, grandchildren to be productive adults. They they're worried that the money will harm rather than help them. Mm -hmm. and, and they're really trying to make sure that the money is used to and preserved for the next generation. Yeah. So and that, that's, that's the reasoning behind it. Got it. And there, I mean, there's a lot of statistics out there about uh, transferring too much wealth too quickly to family members that are either too young or not quite mature enough to handle it, or just don't have a concept of how to preserve it for themselves for the rest of their life and then pass it on to their children or grandchildren. The statistics themselves are a little scary, and mm -hmm. it, you know nobody wants to enter in a situation like that where they're doing more harm than good, really. Exactly. 
So the best way to maybe start talking about what it is is also talking about what it isn't. So I'm not recommending that you know we form J.P. Morgan Chase. You know, so it's not really a bank. Uh, it's it's a concept where um, I could probably explain it better by giving some examples right. of uh, ones we've done. Yeah, that sounds good. So oftentimes I'll work with a parent or typically more more than uh, often grandparents. So the grandparents might set up a trust and they'll set up a trust and say, and I have an example of a client that set up a trust to try and encourage their children and grandchildren to start entrepreneurial ventures. Mm -hmm. And part of it was to encourage entrepreneurship, but the other part was really, they wanted to make sure that, or I should say, use it as a tool to educate them about the banking process, about accounting, about finance, about reading financial statements, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So in, in this one example, uh, we, they created a trust, they communicated to their grandchildren that there was this opportunity to come to the bank, you know, and, and borrow money. But in order to do it, to start some venture that they're interested in, there was a process. They, they had to come up with a plan. They had to basically apply for these theoretical loans. And what it allowed, I think, them to do is, first of all, the grandparents got me, got their banker in this case involved uh, in order to kind of create a process. You know, what would it look like if they did have to go to the bank to borrow money to buy an apartment building? That's awesome. You know, what would it look like if they had to go to a bank to borrow money to start uh, a Dairy Queen? And what was neat was the banker was really able to come up with the process that, you know, kind of a, a shortened version of what the, the underwriting that a typical bank might go through. But mm -hmm. at the same time, focus on the key attributes that they look at before they make a loan. And what it really, what I watched uh, happen was as these kids would come and make an, you know, come up with an idea and present it to the parents, present it to the, the committee on the trust. Um, it, it was great because they, they were learning about the process so that at some point, if they did get into a business venture where they had to work with the bank uh, for financing, they, they were just, I, I watched the, the wheel spin. I watched them just get smarter about, mm -hmm. okay, oh, this is the data that they need. This is what I need to provide. It has to be um, an ongoing, you know, venture that should succeed. It's not just a charity. I, I know that sounds goofy, but it was a really fun educational process, and it was great to watch them just learn about what it actually takes to go to a bank or to borrow money to start a business. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's like getting the exam when you're in college or you're in, in high school for that matter, getting the exam before you have to take it and you get to see all the questions so you know exactly you know what you need to be answering before you even walk in the classroom or before they walk in the door to this bank to secure a loan. They've gone through this process and they've learned it from their grandparents and their parents. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And the other thing that uh, I thought was really interesting, if you go back a few of the podcasts where we talked about oftentimes when people are looking to exit a, exit a business, they have their internal team, but they don't have a proper external team mm -hmm. of CPAs, attorneys, trust officers, et cetera. This was really a, a great opportunity for um, the grandparents team to kind of set up the program and do the training and the coaching and the conversations. But encourage the grandchildren to really go out and find their own CPA, their own attorney, yeah. their own banker, because they want somebody that, that will grow with them for the next 10, 20 years, uh, you know, as opposed to being their grandparents, you know, team. So 
that was another cool part of it. When, for example, when we talked about a business plan, the CPA for the client was very helpful, but also referred the, the this one grandson in particular to a couple of younger CPAs that they could work with to mm-hmm. prepare the modeling and the forecasting, et cetera. So that was kind of neat also. That's that's great. I know you can't share a, a whole lot, Tim, just because of client confidentiality and and you take this very personally. Uh, are there any stories that you can tell us about uh, situations like this where the kids have come up with an idea, they've had a successful pitch, if you will, to the, the to the trust and the the board members, uh, and and they've started something that's been successful. Yeah, I can sh- I can give you an example of a business that never happened, <laughs> and I can also talk right. about an instance where the the children wanted to come and buy a house, and, and that did. So in in the business example, there was one of the grandchildren that wanted to work with one of his friends who was a um, a carpenter. Uh, and they wanted to get into the business of flipping houses. Okay. So th- the carpenter was very good at that. But when they when they came and they pitched the idea, and then when they went back and forth and worked on the business plan, uh, it was great because I think what the this client's grandson eventually concluded was there really wasn't any enough money in it, or the the risk reward was was too high. Mm. And they and actually it was a great experience because without losing money. It was a great lesson that in this instance, a great carpenter doesn't necessarily mean a great house flipper True, uh, yeah. and the economics didn't work. Got it. Yeah. That's a, that's a great observation. And then in another example where the client specifically set up a trust, kind of a family bank concept, what he was really attempting to do was enabling his children to buy to buy a home or a condo, but also at the same time, protecting those assets so in this instance, uh, Valparaiso, Indiana is right outside of about an hour east of downtown Chicago. Uh, the client's son wanted to buy a place in Chicago. So we kind of helped them walk through the whole process, which was educational in and of itself, you know, going to the bank, going to the realtor, putting together the numbers, you know, do we rent part of it? Do we own all of it? Uh, and then talking about the structure. And, and in the, what happened in this case was the deal made sense. The son was really happy. They found a place. They had a roommate who was going to rent. The numbers looked great. And then we walked through the structure of, of the, the land bank also as a way to protect, how do we protect that asset? Rather than just giving money to this, this son to buy mm-hmm. the place. And then as a result, all this money is in his name. All the liability associated with owning a piece of property and renting was you know subjecting that asset to risk. To risk. Mm-hmm. We walked them through a structure of maybe the you know setting up an LLC, doing some other things to basically protect the money, which I think was a great lesson for the parents, but also more importantly for the son. Got it. Great. So we have a lot of clients who do these for business planning. We have a, a number of clients that do it to enable real estate transactions, buying homes and things like that. And then I also have a number of clients that do it uh, for uh, what we, we talked in the last podcast about, which was lifelong learning. So we, they create these banks in order to finance and fund different education degrees or mm-hmm. other things, certifications that their children and grandchildren want to do. So those are really, I, I would say, what, what, what I've seen is the three most important or most popular reasons for doing this. Got it. All right. And, and I don't want to, um, I guess when I first have this conversation with clients, the, the, the very first and most common reaction is, you know, why do I need to do this? <laughs> you know, why do I need to make it more complicated than just 
writing a check? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the answer is that you're creating a process. It, it truly doesn't overcomplicate anything for tax purposes or for legal, legal reasons, but it does overcomplicate it in the sense that there's a process that everybody has to go through. And, and if, if there's not buy-in, then it doesn't make sense. But if there's buy-in, what you get is it's a great educational tool. It's a great opportunity to prepare the next generation, prepare the heirs for receiving the wealth, making them smarter. Um, it's also a great opportunity to further protect the wealth uh, from from liability, from lawsuits, et cetera. Got it. So there's a lot of great benefits to it. Yes, it is more cumbersome. Um, but it's a really neat concept, and the clients that I've seen do it, they actually have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I imagine that this would be great. When we do have that conversation and when we end up talking to a client and they say, okay, I understand the family bank, I appreciate the the benefits, and I, I want to start the process, um, there was always a question, you know, where do we begin? And really very similar to when we talked about the lifelong learning program, mm-hmm. I think that it always begins with, uh, the end in mind, you know, in other words, what, what are you trying to accomplish? And, and we have a checklist, you know, we kind of walk through the options. We talk about the different uh, pros and cons, cost benefit of everything. But in the end, you know, let's say, for example, they want to set one of these up to really promote business or entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, we're going to create that trust in order to do that. We're going to set it up so that you know, who is going to be involved? Or is it just going to be the parents? Um, do you want to get the parents' CPA or attorney or banker involved? Uh, so depending on what their goals for it might be, uh, helps you kind of determine the governance of it or, or who's going to be involved on what you would call a committee or a formal governance process. Yeah. I would assume this would be incredibly important to build that foundation for the entire for the entire bank, really. Yeah. And one of the things that we use it for is, you know, I guess when we look through the checklist with the clients, one of the key questions is what kind of behaviors are you looking to encourage in this next generation? So I have clients who are extremely charitable. Um, I've mentioned in the past, one of my favorite clients sold a business, created a, a family foundation, and the behavior he's looking to encourage is charitable giving, giving back commitments to the community, commitments to others. Mm-hmm. And so when we developed the family bank, um, a lot of, a lot of that, uh, a lot of the criteria that they use for, uh, funding is charitable intent or, you know, who are you impacting and how do we get the greatest impact? Um, we don't want to just do a lot of things. We want to do a few things that have the greatest impact. And if possible, we have to have a charitable focus. So, that was really important for them. I have other clients that I've asked uh, about charitable intent, and that's really not a priority. Uh, and, you know, with other some other clients that I have, the priority is, you know, how do we make it so that my kids are prepared and protected? There's big fears nowadays with social media, you know, with mm-hmm. um, all the things that can go wrong, hacking. You know, in this in one example in particular. Uh, a lot of it was security. A lot of it was, you know, uh, teaching them to uh, act smarter, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, not release as much information, uh, be a little more confidential. I know that sounds odd, but but that was an important part. So when we talked about funding in the business planning piece, we focused more energy and we brought in more people who would talk about security, branding, uh, protecting your brand, social media, et cetera. So yeah. 
the, the where to begin with the end in mind means, you know, you tell me what your goals and priorities are. You tell me what behaviors you're looking to encourage, uh, what kind of values or skills that you need to instill. And we will design a program that um, focuses on that. And, and that's really the main that to me, that's the meat of it that, you know, coming up with that governance and that process. Yeah, it's. I mean, you said a couple things here that I really, I kind of want to unpack just a little bit for my own brain, and for some of the folks in the audience. We we've talked about charitable planning before, but encouraging a specific behavior like you're talking about, I think that's fantastic because so many of us just think, okay, my kids have seen my example, right? They've seen what I've done. They've seen that I'm charitable, so therefore they're going to be charitable. That's not always the case. Um, there's a reason that the grandparents are charitable and usually it, it is tied to something that affected them that drew them to the charity that they support. So there's a heart issue there. There's a soul issue there. Um, something makes them want to support this. Like out of my own personal life, my parents support the Salvation Army. Um, they do so because when I was about two, three years old, we were flooded out of our home uh, in Minnesota and the, the river rose and fell three times in 10 days, destroyed our home. I don't remember anything except for, uh, I do remember going up to a truck, to the side of a truck and getting a sandwich. And because for a three-year-old, it's, you know, all about trucks and sandwiches. So, mm-hmm, of course. but for my parents, it was, they were given some money for, for um, relocation, for food. They were given food uh, itself, you know, from, from the truck and from other things. Uh, and then they were helped in uh, having a shelter. We had family in the area, so we were able to go there. But it was such an impact on my parents in their time of need. This specific charity came to them. So that's why they're so tied to it. Yes, I've seen them be charitable. Yes, I've seen them tie the church. I've seen those examples, but it doesn't mean it's going to mean as much to me as it does to them. So encouraging those behaviors, that's where I think your clients really get to see the opportunity to say, okay, I know they've seen my example, but now I want them to experience from my shoes uh, by kind of a forced learning program in a way. And it's, it's, that's, I think that's powerful. Yeah, an example, like something we do here uh, in our firm in Valparaiso, Indiana, we have a wonderful chamber. The Valparaiso Chamber has won statewide and nationwide awards. Uh, they have a great leadership program. Hmm. And we, when you start working at our firm, uh, we, we, everybody has to go through their leadership program. And one of the, I mean, obviously the benefit is you're going to learn some leadership skills. But the side benefit that I really like is they meet with almost every charity, major nonprofit in the community, and at the end of the whole program, they're required to pick a charity that they want to work with and want to hopefully uh, work to get on the board and get their hands you know, dirty uh, supporting that organization. Yeah. So it, that's an instance where we, you know, we use this program to create leaders, but indirectly, I want to encourage um, activity in the community, activity with nonprofits. Uh, and to me, that's one of the, the better benefits, and that's one of the things I'm looking for. So that's how we design that. Yeah. And, and looking at now, we've talked about where we've begun. We're beginning with the end in mind, and you've got all these different pieces in there. And you are the one that is orchestrating everything with the family and designing this. What goes into the in, the, the plan for completion, I guess? So uh, when we walk through the process and we create the plan with the parents and grandparents, uh, first we talk about budgeting and spending, meaning are you going to commit money to this program? Because if you don't fund it, 
um, it's not going to work. You don't mm-hmm. have to. You don't have to do major funding. I've had clients put five or ten thousand in. I've had clients put, you know, ten million in. So, it, but the number isn't as important as being committed to the process. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, then we look at all the people involved, their kids and grandkids that they're trying to um, benefit, and we say, well, what are their roles? What are their responsibilities going to be? What are their skill sets? What behaviors? specifically for each of the kids that you're trying to encourage. Uh, you know, we talk about fairness versus equality. E- equality, I'm an accountant, so it's, does that, you know, the five children, does everyone get 20% or is there a more fair way where maybe somebody needs more than somebody else? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have these these conversations about how do we fit it into your estate plan? How do we fit it into your tax plan? Because there are some income tax benefits to doing this, where you can shift income down to the next generation who might be in lower tax bracket, or we can shift assets to the next generation through generation skipping, for example, and avoid estate taxes at the grandparents level. So, Mm. uh, and then finally we get into governance and succession planning for the entity. So if the grandparents are setting it up, the goal would be ultimately to transition the governance and you know running of this family bank to their kids or grandkids or to the ones who really want to do it, and so we always talk about succession planning up front because that's a that's one of the goals because obviously life is short and we're not we're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And having that in place, it's such a, a huge peace of mind for the the grandparents. I would say exactly that's right. Great. Is there anything else we need to cover as far as the family bank today? No, I th- I think that covers it. I I would say that. We have a lot of resources. We've done a fair amount of work here in, in this area, and we could really help. Uh, we help our clients, but we could help anybody who's interested in just finding out more or actually doing it themselves. Um, and what I really wanted to talk about or lead to at the next uh, podcast was, you know, we've we spent a lot of time in previous podcasts talking about the planning we do. And I, I, I haven't really mentioned uh, something that I think is really important is that we operate as a fiduciary, uh, an independent fiduciary for our clients. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that word is out there in the public, uh, but I don't think it's very well understood. And so I'd really like to maybe spend one podcast just talking about, you know, what is a fiduciary? Why is it important? And why should people be looking to work with fiduciaries uh, versus brokers? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of misconception out there, uh, and people do need a very clear definition of the difference between the two because it makes a world of difference on how uh, their, your future plans are implemented, how much they're taken into account, your desires, your goals, your dreams, uh, and the, the future of your family. So I, I think that that is definitely a podcast we need to cover. Excellent. Yeah, and so I'll just end it with saying, you know, we are our trusted fiduciaries for our clients and their families, and we work a lot with business owners. Uh, we'd love to, we have a lot of resources on our website. We have a lot of resources we can offer. We have a very accredited, experienced, licensed team. And um, we'd love to work with you if you're interested. Fantastic. Now, I know the people listening to this podcast may have gotten some really good ideas about the family bank and thinking about it. And they have a spouse that needs to know about it. And maybe their spouse isn't in the podcasts. Do you have some sort of documentation of, uh, one page, two page kind of explanation of what the family bank is and kind of why you do it in your practice and, and with the families that you do it with? Uh, yes, we do have that as well as other tools and resources on our website, or you can contact me directly at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. 
All right, Tim, what if they want a physical copy? Can they just give your office a call and get that? Absolutely. Call me anytime, uh, 219-246-5370. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. All right, and thank you all for listening to the Wall Stream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family, uh, especially your spouse. If you're hearing this and you think, hey, this family bank is an interesting idea, I'd like to discuss it with them, share this with them so they can take a listen and or you can listen to it together and, and have a great discussion. Then call Tim and he'll answer all your questions. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 